Masechet Pesachim Perek Hay Mishnah Yud until Perek Vav Mishnah Gimel. After processing the Karim Pesach, slaughtering it and taking the skin off, the next stage in the processing of the carbon was Kurai. They would tear it, they would tear open the animal. So after taking the skin off, they would actually tear it open, the Haitse Murav, and he would take out its a murim, which refers to the parts of the animal which are burnt on the Mizbeach. The son of he would place it in a bowl, the Hiktiwan al Gabiyah Mizbeach, and he would burn all of those on the Mizbeach. Now, if you think about it, if Erev Pesach falls on Shabbos, there is a general prohibition against carrying, at least in a public domain, on Shabbos. Or even in public areas, even if it's not considered a halachic public domain, it could be if there are lots of people who frequent that area, then it is forbidden to carry over there. So if the 14th of Nisan, if Erev Pesach falls on a Shabbos, after everybody has bought the Korban Pesach, and they need to wait until nightfall to eat it, where should they go with it? They can't carry it to their houses, and they can't really carry it outside of the base of Mikdash either. Says the Mishnah, Yotzakas Rishayin, the first group, remember there are three groups, who bought the Korban Pesach separately. So the first group, when they had finished Yotzakas Kasrishenu, the first group, would go out for Yoshua, and they would all sit in Harabayas, on the mountain on which the Besamekdos stood, Shniel, the second group, Bachel, they would stand in the Chel, which was the area just outside of the courtyard of the Besamekdos, Bashlishis, in the third group, they would remain standing in its place, meaning inside the Azara, the courtyard, that, that's where they would stay for now, they would all have their Korbanis next to them, and they would wait until Choshecha, when it got dark, and Shabbos ended. Then Yotsu, they would leave the Beis Hamikdash with Tzolais Peschehen, and roast their Korbanos Pesach, which was then permitted once Shabbos had gone out. The Mishnah's discussion of bringing a Korban Pesach on Shabbos continues, and is learnt from Pesukim that bringing the Korban Pesach overrides Shabbos. The Torah says, The Korban Pesach needs to be bought in its time, and we learn from there that even if that falls on Shabbos, it needs to be bought still on that day on Erev Pesach. However, not always does every single part of the Korban Pesach and the service involved override Shabbos. So the Mishnah begins, The following things with regards to the Korban Pesach override the prohibitions of Shabbos. Shechitase, slaughtering the Korban Pesach. Uzrikas Domoi, and sprinkling the blood of the Korban Pesach onto the Mizbeach. That has to be done on the same day as the Korban is brought. It certainly could not be done before Shabbos comes in, because the animal wasn't yet slaughtered, and it also cannot be done afterwards, because it needs to be done on that day. Umichi Krovov, and the cleaning of parts of the intestines of the animal. This was permitted so that they wouldn't spoil and develop a foul smell by the time Shabbos goes out. The Hector Chalovov, and burning the fats of the animal on the Mizbeach, although if one did not do that during the day, he is still able to do so at night the night after it's brought. Nevertheless, since I did it, it should be done on the same day. There is a concept, Chaviyo Mitzvah a mitzvah is more beloved and preferable if it's done in its right time. And so that also is override Shabbos. Avol, however, says the Mishnah, Tzriyosai, roasting the Korban Pesach, Vahadochas Krovov, and washing thoroughly the parts of the intestines or the stomach of the animal. So these things do not need to be done as long as the intestines were cleaned slightly before Shabbos went out. You can wait until Motzah Shabbos to clean it properly and to roast the Korban Pesach, and therefore that does not override Shabbos. Similarly, Harkovosai, putting an animal on one's shoulders, the Havosai, or bringing it, Mechutzat Chum, from outside of the Tuchum Shabbos. The Tuchum Shabbos is the maximum distance of 2,000 Amas outside of one city, where he is not allowed to travel more than that on Shabbos. 
So if somebody does not have an animal and he needs to bring an animal from outside of his tachum to the Beit HaMikdash in order to use as a Karm Pesach, that could have been done before Shabbos came in. And cutting off a wart from the animal, a wart is considered to be a mum, a wound on the animal which stops it being valid to be used as a carbon. So by cutting it, it becomes valid. But cutting it is forbidden on Shabbos. If you do it with a special tool, then it's forbidden with Arisa. If you do it with your hands or something, then it will be forbidden with Jabonon. But even if it's only forbidden with Jabonon, it can still not be done on Shabbos. Because since this could have been done before Shabbos came in, it does not override the prohibitions of Shabbos. Now, Rebbelezer says that it does override the Shabbos. Although this is not part of the actual mitzvah of the bringing of the carbon, since it allows you to perform the mitzvah, and without doing so, you won't be able to perform the mitzvah, because the animal will have a mum and it won't be able to be brought on the Mizbeach. So since this is for the sake of the mitzvah, even though it could have been done before Shabbos, it nevertheless does override the prohibitions of Shabbos. Mishnah base. Omar Beliezer, Beliezer said in order to prove his point and to prove his opinion that it is that it does override Shabbos, surely it's a din. A din in general in Mishnayis terminology usually refers to a kalvachimer, an argument of all the more so. If slaughtering of an animal, which is forbidden generally on Shabbos, yet when it comes to the Korm Pesach, it overrides Shabbos and you're allowed to perform that prohibition. So, these actions, such as cutting the wart off the animal without using a special tool or something, which is only forbidden because of a rabbinic prohibition on Shabbos, so all the more so, should they not all the more so override Shabbos? If you can perform something which is generally forbidden mid then all the more so you should be able to perform something which is generally forbidden only mid Rabbanon. replied to him, a regular festival, a regular Yom Tov, will prove that your argument is not correct. The only difference between Shabbos and Yom Tov is that on Yom Tov, one is permitted to prepare things for the sake of food. Oichel Nefesh. Even if things are generally forbidden on Shabbos, even with Araisa, on Yom Tov you're allowed to do them if it's for the sake of food. Yet, on the other hand, all of the other rabbinic prohibitions which apply on Shabbos, which have not got to do with food, equally apply on Yom Tov. So we see that on Yom Tov we have a very similar idea. That certain things which are generally forbidden with Araisa on Shabbos are permitted totally on Yom Tov, yet still the Osobo Mishum Shabbos. Things which are generally forbidden with Rabbanon on Shabbos are still forbidden on Yom Tov. So you see that things which are generally forbidden mid Rabbanon are forbidden on Yom Tov, and yet we do permit certain things which are forbidden mid Araisa in general. Omar Rebiliezer said to Yeshua, What is this Yeshua? That's not a proof at all. The reason why in Yom Tov it is still forbidden to do those things mid Rabbanon is because that has nothing to do with a mitzvah. So of course it's still forbidden, there's no reason to permit it over here. There's a special puzzle which teaches us that things which are for the sake of food are permitted. But that won't teach us about every Mijabonon prohibition, that it should suddenly also be permitted. There's no mitzvah there in order to permit the rabbinic prohibitions. However, with regards to our case of Karim Pesach, I am suggesting that the mitzvah should override the rabbinic prohibitions. So what are you saying, Yerbi Yeshua? Ma Raya mitzvah? What proof are you bringing from something which is optional and not a mitzvah to this case which is a mitzvah? In my case of the Korban Pesach, where it is a mitzvah, there is more of a reason to say that it does override the rabbinic prohibitions. So I agree that on Yom Tov it's forbidden to do the rabbinic prohibitions, but when it comes to the Korban Pesach, it should override the rabbinic prohibitions. Now, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva answered to Rebeliezer, I've got another proof that you're wrong. I've got a proof that even in the case of a mitzvah, 
One cannot violate the rabbinic prohibitions, and that proof is that Hazar Techiach, the sprinkling of the Paraduma solution, will prove you wrong. When somebody becomes Tomei from a dead body, he needs to go through a seven-day purification process, where on the third and seventh day, he is sprinkled with a solution of water and ashes of a Paraduma. And once he's done that, then on the seventh day after doing so, he can go to the mikveh, purify himself there, and then by nightfall, he will be Tohar once more. Now, if somebody's seventh day falls on Erev Pesach, so they need to, it's a mitzvah for them, it's really an obligation for them to become Tohar on that day, so they'll be able to eat the Korban Pesach that night on the first night of Pesach. Now, if that seventh day Erev Pesach falls on a Shabbos, then he will need to do this purification process with the Paraduma on Shabbos. Now, Midrabbonon, it is forbidden to sprinkle the ashes of a Paraduma on somebody on Shabbos, since that allows him to become pure again. It's like fixing, and it's forbidden Midrabbonon to fix things, or even people in this case, on Shabbos. So that is generally a prohibition Midrabbonon. However, in a case where it's a mitzvah, for example, if the seventh day falls on Pesach, then I might think that the mitzvah of bringing the Korm Pesach, being able to eat the Korm Pesach that night, should override this rabbinic prohibition. Yet Rabbi Akiva says that I heard from my Rebbe, who was actually Rebbe Yezer himself, that in that case it does not override the Shabbos. So Rabbi Akiva is going to prove from Rebbe Yezer's words himself that so too in our case of a Korm Pesach, of cutting the wound off the animal, even though it's a mitzvah in this case, it should not override the rabbinic prohibition of Shabbos. So Hazotichiach, the sprinkling of this Paraduma solution on the seventh day, which falls on an Erev Pesach, which falls on Shabbos, that should prove the point, Shehi Mitzvah, because that is a mitzvah, so that he'll be able to eat the Korban Pesach that night, because if he is still Tommy that night, then he cannot eat the Korban Pesach. The Hebishum Shavuos, and sprinkling the ashes of the Paraduma is forbidden with Rabbonon in general. And here too, the Enodoch is a Shabbos, it does not override the Shabbos. And I heard this from you, Rebeliezer, yourself. So don't wonder and don't not understand this case as well, which you're talking about, about cutting the wound off the animal. Because even though it does involve a mitzvah, the Hamishum Shavuos, and it's only forbidden generally midrabanan, it will still not override the Shabbos, as we see in the other case. said back to I'm going to make the exact same Kavachimer. On that case, if slaughtering the Korban Pesach, which is generally forbidden mid on Shabbos, nevertheless in this case overrides the Shabbos, then Hazar, sprinkling the ashes of Paraduma on somebody, Shehimashim Shavuos, which is generally only forbidden mid on Shabbos, in Adin Shadoiches HaShabbos, is it not all the more so, Kavachimer, that it should override the Shabbos. Exactly the same Kavachimer as I said, in the case of cutting the wound of the animal, or the other cases in the previous Mishnah, which are forbidden with Jabonon in general, so too in this case of sprinkling the ashes onto the Paraduma. Now, of course, this does contradict what Rabbi Akiva heard from Rabbi Yezer. And because of that, Rabbi Akiva applied something to Rabbi Yezer, which at first glance doesn't really make much sense. He does not make a good argument to Rabbi Yezer. But the Gemara explains that he was making a not good argument to show Rebeliezer, to sort of remind him that he said differently at an earlier date. Omar Rebbe Akiva, Rebbe Akiva said back to Rebeliezer, Echiluf. Or maybe let's say the opposite. We could say, If the sprinkling of the Paraduma ashes, which is only forbidden with Rabbanon, does not override the Shabbos, then Shechita, slaughtering the Karim Pesach, which is generally forbidden to slaughter things on Shabbos, is it not Kavachimah all the more so that it should not override the Shabbos? 
So Rabbi Akiva is making an argument that nothing to do with the Karm Pesach should override the Shabbos. And on that, Omar Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer said back to him, Akiva, Akiva, you've uprooted a Pesach in the Torah, which says that Ben Harbayim B'mayadai, that on the afternoon of the 14th of Nisan, in its time, you should bring the Karm Pesach. And we learn from there, whether the 14th falls on a weekday or even if it falls on a Shabbos, that the bringing of the Karm Pesach, anything that you couldn't have done before that day, overrides the Shabbos. So of course the slaughtering overrides the Shabbos. So what argument are you making? But of course, as we explained, Rabbi didn't actually mean this argument seriously. He was only trying to express to Rabbi Eliezer without telling him to his face that his two rulings contradicted one another. Be as it may, now Rabbi Akiva says his main point and explains why he argues on Rabbi Eliezer. Omar Loi, Rabbi Akiva said back to Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi, my teacher, Bring me, show me a fixed time for these actions, like the fixed time for the slaughtering. Meaning, as Rabbi Akiva now explains, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva said a rule, any malacha, any Shabbos violation, which could have been done before Shabbos came in, it does not override the Shabbos, even if it's for the sake of a Karim Pesach, but Shechita, the slaughtering of the Karim Pesach, which is impossible to do before Shabbos came in, because the Torah says that it has to be slaughtered on the 14th of Nisan, so that, that does override the Shabbos, because the Pesach which says that the Karim Pesach is brought in its time, only applies to the parts of the Karim Pesach, which have to be done in a very fixed time on that day itself. But anything which could have been done before, or which could be done afterwards, it is not part of this teaching from the word B'mo'adai, and it therefore cannot be done on Shabbos. Mishnah Gimel, the Torah requires that when one eats a Karim Pesach, he eats it in a state of being satisfied, and becoming full. Now if you think about it, if you have, let's say, one Karim Pesach, and a very large Chabura, a very large group of people, who are sharing this animal for the Karim Pesach, so each person is going to receive a relatively small piece of the Karim Pesach, and he may, may end up eating it without being satisfied. And because of that, the Torah introduced another carbon known as the carbon Chagiga, which is not necessarily an obligation in itself. However, so that the Karim Pesach is eaten, is eaten in a state of being satisfied, there are times where the Karim Chagiga is also brought with it. And so the Mishnah clarifies, Eimosai mevi Chagiga imai. When is the Karim Chagiga brought together with the Karim Pesach? Firstly, only on a weekday can a Karim Chagiga be brought. Since it's not an absolute obligation, only the Karim Pesach, which is an obligation, only that overrides the prohibitions of Shabbos, but not bringing a Karim Chagiga. Secondly, Betahara, only if the Karim Pesach is brought and eaten in a state of purity. Now, surely every Karim Pesach has to be eaten in a state of purity. The answer is no. If the majority of the Jewish people, or if the majority of the Koyanim, are in a state of Tumah, then there's a special, unique halacha when it comes to Karim Pesach, which we will learn more in detail later on in the Masechta, but there's a unique halacha that if the majority of the Jews, or the majority of the Karim Atome, then the Karim Pesach is brought and eaten in a state of Tumah. However, in that case, that is a unique halacha for a Karim Pesach, but that does not apply to a Karim Chagiga, and therefore, if they are Tomei, then they cannot bring a Karim Chagiga. And thirdly, of a Muat, if each person who is part of the group on that Karim Pesach will only receive a little bit of the Karim Pesach, and if they won't necessarily be satisfied and full from it, so then they should bring a Karim Chagiga, so that the Karim Pesach will be eaten in a state of being satisfied. On the other hand, there is Manchu Baba Shabbos, but in a situation 
in which the compensator is being brought on a Shabbos, or if there is anyway a lot of meat for each person in the group, if let's say there are not a lot of people as part of that group, with a tumor, or if they are bringing it in a state of tumor, then they would not bring a common chagiga with it, because the fact that you can override the prohibitions of Shabbos and tumor, etc., that only applies to the Korban Pesach, but not to a Korban Chagiga.